All right, welcome back to another episode of Chalk Talk. It's been probably at least, you know, a month and a half, maybe even two months uh, since our last pod, but, you know, summer schedule gets tight. Um, I think the last time we were here, we were, uh, we, we were in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, might have been down to the uh, Conference Finals in the NBA, but uh, we're back and we were just, uh, you know, gearing up for football season. Next couple of pods, we'll be looking at uh, breaking down the each conference of the Power Five in college football, and then we'll look at uh, the group of five, and we'll also be looking at um, each division in the NFL, um, just breaking that down, giving some predictions. Um, but uh, but today we also have, speaking about football, we also have some fantasy, uh, just you know thoughts and, and opinions and some projections, uh, maybe some guys you want to pick up uh, in your fantasy draft. So uh, we got a bunch in store today. Our top five for today. Um, we're going to first look at uh, top five most dominant American athletes. So, you, you know, uh, the Olympics just concluded. Um, but these lists are not strictly limited to the Olympics. Uh, we just have our Americans, um, you know, just spread across sports here. And then our other top five, we're also going to look at uh, top five home run derby uh hitters um again it can be present guys or pe- people in the past so uh, we got a wide range of athletes here for our top five um we're gonna kick it off with hadley he's gonna give us top five of the uh most dominant dominant american athletes and i believe his correct me if i'm wrong hadley i believe his list is going to be strictly olympic athletes yes yep strictly olympians because we're just concluding the Olympics. So we're going with the theme. First of all, great to be back. Missed, uh, missed doing the pod with the fellas here. Uh, we had to take some time and sharpen our brains, get things going, uh, knock some rest off. So here we go. Number five, I'm going to go with Katie Ledecky, um, an excellent female swimmer, female excellence. Speaking about female excellence, number four, Simone Biles. She didn't compete this year, but she would have won gold. We all know that. We all know that. Um, but I hope she's doing well. Number three, the snake, the slim reaper himself, Kevin Durant. Arguably the best offense player of all time. Undoubtedly the best player on this team this year to take home gold. Um, you know, without him, probably don't get it done. There's just too many close games. He stepped up too many times. You hate him or not, he's the best player in the world right now, in my very own opinion, and he took them to gold. You can't. There's no debating that. Number two, I'm going to go with Michael Phelps. Dude has gold medals literally just under his bed at this point. Um, Gotta love him. Fierce competitor. Swimming's not the most interesting sport, but you gotta love the competitiveness. Number one, we're throwing it way, way back. We're going to go Jesse Owens. I, I've heard great things about him. I've watched a lot of documentaries. A lot of people say he's the greatest Olympian of all time. So, therefore, I'm going to trust their word, and he's my number one. All right. Definitely a lot of uh, definitely a lot of gold with uh, with those top five athletes there. Bringing the racket. Yeah, so ra- basically. Literally, I mean, it feels like every single medal, all of them won, is gold. It's crazy. Your list is just a complete gold medal. It is. It's, I love it. That's a pretty solid, pretty solid lineup. Um, 
so we'll jump now to sporties, and I believe sporty went uh, across all sports and not just uh, not just sports uh, attached to the or affiliated to the uh, Olympics. So, sporty, go ahead and give us your top. Go ahead and give us your top five. I have, a, I have a, my five or a variety pack here. All right, nice little variety pack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five, he's a baseball guy. Uh, good old Babe Ruth. All right, household Man, household household name. That guy's a legend. Never, he will never be forgotten. I hope I hope to God not. <laughs> Four, got lefty golfer Jack uh, Nicholas. Another another Hall of Fame American. Three. I'll go with the cyclist, the pedalist, Lance Armstrong. <laughs> That guy is just a nonstop worker. Oh, yeah. I think he did have some supplements. On <laughs> I was just about ready to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey. It's still a hard worker. Hey, hey, he, he won. He won. <laughs> Two, I'm going to go the uh, tennis route. Go with Pete Sampras. Guy's another legend. I like that. I like how he's attaching the word legend to all of his players. <laughs> Probably the best legend in the NBA. <laughs> Where's number 23? Former North Carolina standout Michael Jordan. I like how you did it. <laughs> so, I thought he was going to go the whole route. I thought he was going to say North Carolina Tar Heel, Chicago Bull. No, just... Just keeping it simple. Former North Carolina Tar Heel, Michael Jordan. But uh, hey, I'll that, tell you what, if there's ever a day that we need to shorten pods and we got to be in a time crunch, you just give it to Sporty and he'll run with it. Oh, right. Boom. He's either he, he's spitting out facts and he's like, all right, either agreeing with me or not, and I don't care. So He always entertains. There's no doubt about that. One fun fact about Michael Jordan and Sporty J here. Yes. What? <laughs> We are both born in the month of February. Hey, there we go. A little, little trivia, wow. little trivia for you. There you go. <laughs> two, two goats born in the month of February. <laughs> and he was one, you, one day short of being born on the same day as me. Oh, okay. That's wow. that's even more. All right, there we go. One thing I just gotta say this real quick. This really has nothing to do with the pod. It'll take twenty <laughs> seconds. He said, "Fun fact: This I I learned this last night. It blew my mind." Roberto Clemente, you guys know how he passed away, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in the plane crash on the way to Nicaragua. Right. So a man named Tom Walker that played in the MLB was also going to go with him. So this was about New Year's. He told him, stay home, enjoy your single New Year's. He then passed away on that plane. So if Tom Walker was on that plane, he would have died. He, shortly after, had Neil Walker the pirate curve legend. Whoa, I did not know that. Neil Walker was born and he is bred an alternate curve and pirates legend all because of Roberto Clemente. Huh. If okay. that's not a fun fact, that, that, that definitely is an interesting fact. Huh, I did not know that. That's a, that's yeah, a huge fun fact. Huge. Did you not know it either? Sporty. I, I don't know why I figured Sporty. I, I didn't know that either. I yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I I just can't believe I didn't hear it for, for like for 
the longest time for last night. Not, my not gonna lie, when you said the last name Walker, I thought you were gonna go the Mets route and talk about um uh Taiwan. Yeah. I thought somehow that was gonna yeah. tie into the story, but no, huh, Neil Walker. Nope, Neil Walker, Pirates Legend. Crazy. Wow. That that is that is nuts. Huh. Alright, well, speaking about some more goats and some legends. Um, I'm going to give, uh, I'll give two honorable mentions here just because, um, I think they deserve to be mentioned at least. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, Katie Ledecky, again, a walking gold medal. Um, swimming does get pretty, pretty insane during, uh, the Olympics and, um, I'm glued to the TV, but, uh, she, she dominated some of the longer, if not all the long distance events in the pool. So she definitely deserves to be, you know, mentioned in the top five. Um, another honorable mention, I'm going to go with the American women's soccer team. Even though they didn't win gold this year, they're still always really dominant. Um, it's just kind of interesting to see, you know, if, if football wasn't the big sport here in America for the for the guys, it would be interesting to see how our guys – I mean, I would assume our guys' team would be, you know, just filthy um, because everywhere else – their football is obviously their soccer, so they're pulling the best athletes. So, um, but you, you know, you got to give props to the American women's soccer team. So, those are my uh, two honorable mentions. Uh, coming in at number five, now, all right. Some may not say this is a sport, um, but hey, it's on ESPN. It's a Fourth of July holiday tradition. I'm giving it to Joey Joey Chestnut, Joey like Joey, Joey Jaws. The dude can put down some freaking dogs, and he is a dog. Um, he he took out Kobayashi, and he's just been dominating ever since. So um, he put down what seventy? Did he get it up to like seventy? Well, what is his record? Seventy? He definitely broke seventy four. I think is he close to like seventy seven dogs? It's, yeah, it, it's, it was like high seventies. It's something like that. So he, he the dude's insane. Like the what the, the one um sports science like his jaw force and like the way he di- can digest food and just put down the dogs he averaged like 10 dogs a minute it's like holy disgusting. that is that, that is, is disgusting. disgusting it is <laughs> um so yeah he's going to be my number 5 um number 4 i'm going to go with michael phelps again the dude's house is just a gold medal um again a really dominant swimmer um, just the goat of swimming. So he definitely deserves to be in the top five for uh, most dominant Americans. Number three, I'm going to go with Simone Biles because she's in a whole other skill level and league of her own. Um, she has moves named after her. That's how good she is. Obviously, you know, she didn't compete in all the events this year in the Olympics due to, um, you know, just a safety concern, both mental and physical. So, I mean, when you're doing the the stuff that she does, she could seriously hurt herself. So it was, you know, it's obviously smart for her to back out. Um, but she's still she's still the goat. She proves that she's the goat. So anybody who's talking crap on her, you need to evaluate yourself. Um, it's all right if she doesn't, you know, bring him the gold. She's still dominant. So I have her at number three. Amen. Number two. See my number one and two here. The, I'm going outside the Olympics again. You know, my Joey Chestnut pick was not obviously an Olympic athlete. So my one and two, they're not associated with the Olympics. I mean, one of one pick was, you know, for a little bit on a uh, something called, you know, the dream team. 
Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Michael Jordan. Um, obviously, his run of titles and just obviously dominating performances across basketball. There's no doubt in my mind why he shouldn't be, you know, considered, um, you know, a dominant American. Um, number one, I had a tough time going between, you know, Jordan and this other guy, but I'm going to go with the American sport, good old game of football. I'm going Tom Brady. He just, the dude, obviously, you know, the go to football. He, he just knows how to win. Even if you, you know, even if you have the advantage, he just finds ways to adapt and adjust, and he just takes over. And no matter what you give him, you can never, you know, count Tom Brady out. So I'm going to go with Tom Brady as my most dominant American. Um, you know, say what you want to say, but I think uh, I think he deserves to be up there, whether you like him or not. I mean, the dude wins. So the dude's eating avocado ice cream, so... Like I said, he'll do anything to win. Um, but no, yeah, that's I, be disgusting. I, I, it has to be. There's no way that stuff's good. But uh, <laughs> I like our list. We had a nice variety. I think we touched on you know a lot of different sports and just a lot of. Uh, like Sporty said, it was a nice variety. Yeah, pack. it was a nice variety pack of of of, athlete, of American athletes. So that just shows you how how dominant you know we are. So we just we just produce gold medals and titles and. Took the dub again this year. Just just legends, as Sporty would say, goats. <laughs> legends, legends, baby. So, um, this episode we're going to do uh, two top five. So our next top five, uh, again, something that happened this summer. Happens, you know, every every summer in July. We're going to look at our, uh, our home run derby uh, top five. So whether it's present guys or, you know, some past players. <laughs> We're gonna break down our top five, and this this was this list was definitely. I thought my American list was pretty hard. This list was, I would say, the American list was really hard. That was probably one of the most difficult top fives I've ever you know came up with. But this home run derby one wasn't easy either. So, um, Sporty, we'll start with you for the for the home run derby this time. Give me your give me your rattle off your top five. All right, I'm saying my top five plus plus the year they did really well in. Okay. All right. All right. Not in particular, in any order, I'll just go randomly. Uh, Josh Hamilton, 2008. Where? Wait, hold on. Before I thought that was at uh, was that at Yankee Stadium? Yes. That's what I thought. Because I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that you know, I'm not saying this, but I just you know, there's a there's a strong opinion that you know the Yankees right field is just favorable for lefties. That's all I'm gonna say. I think. Well, first of all, I'm not sure that, well, I'm 100% positive. It wasn't the old one. Right, yeah. Now, what I'm not sure about is what, like, what the dimensions were there compared to this one. Exactly. I have no idea. I still, I think, I mean, I still think that the old one, I think it still favored lefties. I mean, I, I'm not, yeah. not 100% sure, but. I know dude was hitting triple deckers. Oh, he was. He was pounding the ball, so yeah, I I totally forgot about that. But boy, that, that was a that was a good starter right there. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead and continue with your next four. Brad Rare Jr. in twenty nineteen. Boom. He didn't even uh, win that once for me, but continue. I know he didn't. He got beat by Alonzo, right? Yes, he did. I'll 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 be back to talk about that. Go ahead, Sporty. <laughs> yeah, same, 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 same. Another one from twenty nineteen. Jock Peterson. Did, wait, did he? 
Who'd he knock off? Who'd he, uh, didn't he get off? He got Evan off faced off in a swing off, right? Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was insane. Yeah. And my final two, uh, first one, Stanton. Okay. 20, 2016. Yep. That's a no brainer right there. That's, that's good. That's a solid pick. And my last one, he's a Yankee. Four years ago. Aaron Judge. Okay. All right. So you got two, two Yankees on the list. Both can tattoo the ball or or strike out. I, I swear that's all I see them do. Do they tattoo the ball or they yeah, strike honestly. out? <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, that's that's definitely a, definitely a solid list there, Sporty. Thank you. Hadley, go ahead. We'll let you go next. Yeah, mine's mine's fairly similar to Sporty's. So obviously, the starter number five. I as well have Josh Hamilton. Back in the days where it wasn't timed, it was just outs. So if you had a good home run derby there, just it was. It's almost incredible to think about how guys were doing it with just head swings. Right, I mean, exactly. Like, none of this timer stuff and none of this, like... Yeah. Like, they not, had to take pitches if they were tired or if it wasn't where they wanted it to be. And no, no, added just, no added time. Yeah, just a whole different... The guys nowadays can just swing. Those guys had so much pressure. It was such a strategy. Well, and it's like... So, the thing that I don't like about it is, like, these matchups. Like... Yeah. You could. That's I mean, probably what you're gonna get into. I mean, it's it's just like I don't know the old format. If you want to do time, I'm all right with that. But take the t- like, all right, start off with eight, obviously, then break it down to four. But don't if somebody if somebody loses thirty one to thirty, and somebody moves on because they won nineteen seventeen, that's that's garbage. Like, yeah. If you want to do a time I mean, thing, whatever. Like, I get that. It's 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 probably a lot more home runs and. Better, you know, showing, but you got to take the top four, no matter how many home runs they hit. Like none of these matchups. That's what. That's what I. That's what makes. That's it's kind of annoying. Similar to the NFL argument, as like it should be the top like eight teams instead of or seven teams instead of divisional like, winners, like division winners right. and stuff. Right. So I, I do understand it. Personally, the only time that it's ever really mattered was whenever Pete won. So obviously, I'm going to have a much different stance. Right. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going back. I'm going to go Josh Hamilton at number five. Easily could be way higher. It's just it was so long ago. Um, number four, I'm going to go with you and Cespedes. You won at City Field. Absolutely dogged. And not to mention, he's a Mets legend for what he did in 2015. So I had to put him on this list. Yep. Yep. Number three, I got to go Giancarlo Stan. That dude was just, he made Petco Park look like AABA. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that was that was a crazy, crazy home run derby. And then number two, an even crazier performance. And the dude was heading even further and making it look more like East End or Logan Township <laughs> was Aaron Judge. Right, yeah. Aaron Judge was hitting the ball 500 feet in a very pitcher-friendly park. That blows my mind. I just, I just a few weeks ago, I was watching the highlights, and it just didn't even look real. The, the way the ball was just flying in Miami, especially. This is in Colorado. In Miami, it's crazy. But number one... The two-time, the head bobbing when a kid's tearing his ACL, champ, 
Pete Alonzo. Big meat <laughs> Pete. No doubt about it. He, I, as we were saying, yes, he won matchup-wise. But, hey, very much like March Madness, survive in advance. Right. And that's exactly what he did. He beat the Goliath of the, of the whole thing and beat him fairly easily. And don't even get me started on this past year. He looked invincible. In this, in this year's home run derby. It was incredible to watch. He was in his zone listening to his biggie. <laughs> that guy, if he wants to, can win five home run derbies in his lifetime. So, oh, easy. Gotta yeah. go beat a one. Yeah. All right. Um, I I have a couple guys that have been uh, been named already, but uh, I'm going to start off five. I'm going to say Stan. That's been the common uh, common name. Obviously, again, he can tattoo the ball. So I'm definitely taking him in a home run derby. So got him at five. Number four, here's a name from the past, a little blast from the past. Prince Fielder. The dude raked. Yeah. He 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 raked. I mean, he was hitting some some moonshots out there. So um, and especially in a lefties ballpark, you gotta take gotta take Prince. Number three, I'm gonna go Ken Griffey Jr. Again, another dude who just absolutely tattooed the ball. Um he again, another lefty that can uh, you know. Moonshots, just like Prince Fielder. Two, I'm going to go with uh, Pete Alonzo. Again, obviously this year's winner. Uh, and then 20, he won that in 2019, right, against Guerrero? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They didn't do it in 20. Yeah, there was none in 20. Um, that, that when they showed when they showed him just bobbing his head, I was like, ah, oh, it's it's over. There's there's no way he's losing this. He, I mean, he was in a zone. He was he was in the zone. It was. It was pretty As impressive. a Mets fan, I was so happy, but also kind of worried because if he lost after bobbing his head, that was going to be an economy. So <laughs> right. thank God. Yeah, number one, I'm going to go with Vlad Guerrero Jr. The amount of home runs that he hit in 2019 in the Derby is absurd, and I get it. It was matchup wise, so I'm not taking anything away from Pete Alonso, but the fact that he hit. What thirty some home runs? I want to say it was thirty nine in a row. I was gonna say I he thought I was eighty some on the night. I was just thinking thirty nine. If you hit thirty nine home runs in a round, there's no way you should lose. Like yeah. uh, like, if it would have been like traditional, because like he didn't even like like get too many even like outs. Like he just ran out of time in that kind of sense. But uh, there's like. Obviously, in the old format, he would have probably been—he would have probably had to have stopped at like thirty to move on to the championship. But the fact that he put up that many home runs in in that amount of time is absurd. So I definitely—I, you know, I wanted to see him this year. I was definitely upset with uh, Otani. He, the dude. I mean, obviously, he can he can tattoo a ball and hit some hit some bombs, but. Uh, he slowly tried to pick it up in that first round, but uh, obviously it wasn't enough. But uh, I think nerves kicked in. I yeah, I think some. Everyone some wanted to watch him go off. Like everyone turned their TVs on just for just him. for him, right? And like I think that got to him. Yeah, I, I did feel bad for him just because everybody. I mean, he's still obviously he's still leading the majors in home run. He's still going to be, you know. The face of the face of baseball, bait practically. So, um, but I did I did want to see. I, it would have been inter- interesting to see him and Alonzo in the final. 
just because, you know, just not even the, the amount of home runs they were going to hit, but just the distance of these home runs that they hit would have been yeah. pretty cool to see. So, but that concludes the, uh, the home run derby top five. Um, there was this, again, like even like Ryan Howard, I'm pretty sure he dominated the one at PNC Park, you know, back in what, 2006 or something. But... Yeah, I would have I would have absolutely never gave it to him just because of who he beat. I forget, who did he beat? David. Wait, who? Who is my favorite player of all time. Wait, you said David Wright? Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he had a couple in the Allegheny too. So I would just, you know, knowing PNC Park, that that was just impressive to yeah, he would to see him with that. Um, but uh, but yeah, there was definitely a bunch of. I mean, obviously with any top five, there's a bunch of guys you're gonna and you know, a bunch of different players and athletes you're gonna leave off. But uh, so we're gonna move on to our next topic. Um, looking at uh, college athletes getting the thumbs up to start getting paid. Um, definitely have a lot of mixed opinions here about, um, about this topic. Um, you know, you, you want to, you want to make sure, you know, they're getting their, um, you know, their, their, their rights, you know, they're, they're making the money for the university and stuff. Um, but, um, ultimately it'll be interesting to see how this goes down. I mean, obviously there's going to be some rules that, you know, get adjusted. Um, but I'll be interested to see how this affects. I mean, we already saw already in one instance, um, you know, Quinn Ewers, who is skipping out on his senior year of high school football to go enroll early at Ohio State. I think he's going to be the only person that gets to do that because I think they're going to shut that down real quick. Um, yeah. I, I think there's going to be it's going to be the Quinn Ewers role that you're not going to be allowed to declare early um, and miss out on a season like that. Um, I don't know. What, what, what's, your, what's your guys' opinion on, on college athletes getting paid? Um, well, number, number one, um, it's a good thing that this happened when it did because if this happened – Five to ten years ago, I would have had nothing to write about for any school essay, because um, that was my senior project, my speech project, almost every single college essay. Um, so yeah, that that topic uh, definitely would have preferred if it wasn't available for me. Yeah, I, but, hey, I also did a uh, my senior project was on expanding the college football playoff, and then one of my uh, English essays was. Uh, you know, paying college athletes. I think I, I think in my stance, I said no, just because there was a lot of things that, you know, it was an easier take, I think, to write, in my opinion, just in my opinion, to, to take the, you know, side not to pay them. But uh, go ahead. I, go ahead. I, in my uh, college speech class, I had a girl that was very, very, very mad at me because I said that they should be paid. Okay. And here's why I think that it is okay, because the NCAA is making billions of dollars off these kids. Billions. So, I think, you know, it's 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 a weird situation. It's weird because guys like Saquon Barkley, there is zero reason, right, that this guy should be making zero dollars when he's the face of a school. Right, right. There's kids that already want to go buy his jersey. 
You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's yeah. clear that he's a star already before before he goes to the NFL. And one injury, boom, could change that. Right. So that was always my stance on that. Just be, it, It's really just looking at football, which is kind of selfish of me because obviously that's my favorite sport. But, I mean, but then you look at other sports like, you know, like college baseball or like freaking college golf. Right. It's so weird because how much are those kids really making off of this? Exactly. So a lot of a lot of people don't realize, but if you're a college fencing athlete, I doubt you're making much. Right. You know, so it's not right. like all these kids are making a million dollars as soon as this went went official. It's really it's it's just like anything else. The guys and girls that are extremely popular are going to make the most money. Right. And it's just going to trickle down. So I, I I don't think that it's doing anything but helping these these. You know, students, not like they need that much help because I truly do believe that there is stuff that goes behind the scenes, but Mm -hmm. we have to act as if that's not happening when this law is being implemented. I I just think that more money goes around, less money in the NCAA's pockets. It makes it look less like a puppet act and more like something that's right. Right. That's that's just my opinion. And like the kid... I think there was another guy in my class. I think he he was for you know college athletes getting paid. So I think I think I just took the opposite side just as default. I think. I mean, at the time I had yeah. there was a bunch of different arguments. You know, these guys are getting you know stuff paid for already. You know, they're getting full ride scholarships. Um, and you know those guys that you know they'll they'll make the pros and get paid eventually. But the other the thing that I was looking at in my essay, I'm like, the more I'm talking about them not getting paid. The more my, I mean, I, I had to I had to finish out and write it just because I'd already you know submitted the topic and stuff. But the more I wrote it, the more I was like, because at, at the beginning I was like, kind of on the fence. I was like, eh, there's you know there's pros and cons of both sides. Um, and like something I looked at, it's like, I don't know, somebody in the in the you know who's a musician or uh, in the theater, like they or you know somebody who are in the, like something in the arts, they can put on a show or you know make a piece of art and they can go sell that. Or you know, put on the show and get paid for that. So like, why can't why can't an athlete? I mean, I get it. You might not get a scholarship to do that stuff, but they like they're allowed to go sell their product. Why like college athletes should be able to sell their performance, you know, as their product and stuff. But uh, I think my biggest thing was just like, do you put a limit as far as like how much these you know students can get paid? Um, is it going to matter because like you know. If you're going to Alabama to make a certain amount of money versus going to I don't some I don't know we'll just say some Mac school, um, obviously there's more opportunities obviously at Alabama, but it's just it'll be interesting to see how much they're actually going to get paid. I mean, obviously like you said, the face of the face of these programs are going to get paid. You know, they'll get paid a good amount, but I don't know if you go home and back to your community and you want to you know make some money and put on a clinic for. Well, you know, we'll just say football again. If you want to have a football clinic, you should be allowed to make money. Like that should be if if you want to do that in the summer and put on a couple of clinics, like you should be allowed to get paid for that. So, um, I think I, it drives you know like the third stringers and stuff in college football to work even harder too. I, I feel like it's almost like a an incentive to right. make your team better. Yeah, 
if you are a high program school. And like, see, and then like a con, it's like, are people just going to go to the big name programs just knowing that they can get a little bit more money, you know, as you know, compared yeah. to maybe going to a smaller school. So I don't know. At the time I was like, you know, there's typically only four or five teams that dominate the, you know, college football sport alone. So it's like, well, this, will this just reiterate the fact that, you know, those maybe five to 10 schools are just going to get all the good athletes, you know, just, just because there's more opportunity or are we going to see this kind of fizzle out where kids might want to be the faces of some other programs and, you know, make some, I don't know, just be interested to see how this money thing all, you know, works out and stuff. But Hey, one thing's for there, sure. There's got to be stipulations with it in my opinion. Right. You're hundred percent right that there are kids that should not be getting paid $5 million in college. There's exactly. just no reason. Yeah. I mean, one thing's for sure. College football is back in the, in the video game realm. So that's all, that's all I care about. So, <laughs> Um, Hopefully by next year, that would be fantastic. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I'm trying to think. Did they come out? Did they say 2023 officially is the release date? I, I don't know if it's 2022 or 2023. I forget which one it they, is. But... They gave it a timetable and said they think it'll be 2023. So it'll okay. probably be bad. Okay. Sporty, go ahead and give your uh, thoughts and opinions on uh, college athletes getting paid. I think it's way overrated. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead and expand on your uh, your hot take there. Uh, basically, it's way too early. These guys are 18, 19 years old, wanting to get money before they even go to the NFL. They take their take their cheap way out of not going to the NFL. Oh, let's get paid. We don't even have to go to the NFL. We can get paid in college. Right, which which goes back to no, yeah, that's so I think so. I think it's I think it's baloney. I so I mean I that that stance you're coming at. I that's why I totally agree that there needs to be you know limits. So and that's, that Quinn Ewers, he jumped on it right away, you know. So yeah, you're not going to see another person be allowed to do that. Like that's going to end real quick. Like this, not it's not going to be yeah, the better end, or else my argument changes. Right, because like if, if there's kids leaving already just to go make a, a million dollars, like guaranteed already, like I, it better not be like a transfer portal. It better not be oh yeah, you're a big name, so you're going to be allowed to make this much money. But we're looking at your situation; right. you're a no name person, so you're only allowed to make this amount of money. Like it better not be like a transfer portal. So. And that'll be more. That'll be interesting to see how many kids actually go to the portal. You know, not just now for playing time. Obviously, you're going to always have kids do that now. But it's also, hey, can I go get money along with this decision to go to the portal somewhere else? So, yeah, it'll definitely be uh, definitely be interesting. I know uh, Dabo Sweeney once said, uh, once I think it was Sweeney. I think I saw this somewhere. I think he said once you know college athletes started to get paid, he really wasn't in favor of coaching. But I mean, obviously, he's going to continue to coach. But uh, I, 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 I get where he's coming from. So I just think, I, get, I mean, in the end, if you're at a really good program, you are getting that money in return because of your facilities and, you know, just stuff you're, you know, able to do as a team and stuff and all the, all the supplies, just everything, all the resources you get. So that goes back into the program. But NCAA is waking, making way too much money without, you know, giving back to the, the athletes for, you know, doing that. Like, I'm sorry, college athletes, you should be allowed to get their jersey with their name on the back. I don't I don't care. Like, that's 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 dumb. You should be allowed to get their jersey. If that's your favorite player, they should be allowed to sell college football players with their name on. You should be able to get a Saquon Barkley jersey, like, with, with ease. I think, I'm pretty sure, like, isn't there, like, some stipulation where you can only get the year of the football, like, of the, the – that year, like if it's 2018, you can only get like an 18 jersey at Penn State. Isn't that something like? Isn't that something like that? 
where it's like you can't get uh, or unless they're like somebody from like you know the 70s where it's like not even like a i don't know like a franco harrister's like you probably get a franco harrister's at penn state but like you couldn't go and get a saquon barkley jersey that just like blows my mind but anyway um we'll get we'll get more into uh, some college football talk here in the next couple pods um Jumping into our next topic, we just want to, you know, give a little recap of the NBA Finals. Um, obviously, the Bucks are uh, are the champs. Um, going into the series, I think, you know, obviously, I think we I think we all picked the Suns. Um, Hadley, I know you picked the Suns from the beginning. I don't know if you cha- I don't know if you changed mid playoffs or not, but that's the Suns pick was looking. It was, it was my so it was my from the beginning, but I said. If the Lakers won, they would make it. Right, all right, right. That, that's right. That's so right. I had that was my bracket, but I said if they lose that first round, it would be the Lakers instead. Right, um, but no, yeah, that Suns pick that was looking real, real good, and it was kind of like uh, the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay series. I, I was taking whoever the home team was for the first two games because ultimately I thought that was going to give give that team the advantage, and then you know they get up 2-0, and they should be able to win it. Um, unfortunately, the Suns weren't able to get it done. Obviously, happy for Giannis, but at the same time, I kind of want to see the Suns win. Um, here's a question for both of you. There's two guys in my mind right now. I'm thinking of who would you rather see get their first ring? Because I think, I think two of the, I think maybe both these guys might be done after next year, regardless of what their situation is. Would you rather have? Um, Chris Ball get a ring or uh, Carmelo Anthony get a ring? Chris Paul. All right, oh, so, all right. So we lost. First. We lost Sporty. So, but now he's back. Oh, so Sporty. Would you rather see Chris Paul get a ring or Carmelo Anthony, and why? Uh, I'll go with uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Okay, go ahead. Why would you rather see Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony? Uh, I, I think he's more of a team player than Carmelo. He's never he never complains to the refs. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> that you have not watched Chris that Paul that that changed that that definitely changed this year. I mean, I I wasn't I never really watched Chris he's Paul a lot, but he definitely complains. He definitely complains. Well, they almost, they almost do that. Right? That's, 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 they, 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 they do. They do. I think. That's I, just a fun fact, all right? I, I, <laughs> that's a fun fact. Um, is, that, is that the name of the pod, fun fact? Because I think we found our work. Fun fact. Two guys that I think stood out a lot of, about complaining to the refs. I mean, even though I'm a Lakers fan, obviously LeBron, he does a lot. Um, and I, Luke, Luke is like. He's getting, he's getting real bad at it. I mean, it's like. I mean, I get it. <laughs> It was every time down the court. It, it is. It's like, it's kind of bizarre. Like, I get it. You want you want your call, but, I mean, heck, don't expect to get a call every time. Um, but, no, yeah. I like, came up with another guy. Who? James Harden. Well, he, he's going to be done now because they're, they're implementing the rule where it's like if you flop, and you're not getting it. So, no more... Not as much crime. Actually implement that rule I know. Like I, right. Exactly. So, um, but so so no. Chris, I I think I think you I think you pick Chris Paul, and I, 
I I could see where you say he's you know more of a team player, and I and I'll I'll back you up here. I I mean I'm gonna take Chris Paul. I mean even though I'm a Lakers fan, I I, I want to see Chris Paul win one. Um, you know he almost just took the the young sons to a title himself. It I don't know. I I want Melo to win one as well, but like if he's gonna win one with the Lakers, you know he's not gonna get as much credit as if, you know, if he would have won one with, like, the Nuggets. You know what I mean? Or, like, the Knicks. Yeah. Like, I people, I think, are just going to put a little asterisk beside this one if they win it this year just because they have a lot of guys who are veterans and, like, have a lot of skill and, like, they're one-year, you know, they're one-year deals and stuff. But I don't know. I don't think Melo is going to get the credit for this title. So I think I'd – I don't know. I think I'd hmm, – I probably would rather see – Chris Paul win one just because just of how he led the Suns this year in a sense. But at the same time, Melo never has really never had a supporting cast. I guess if if that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like in New York. Like like Paul this year, like he had a solid young supporting cast, but then again he still kind of you know, he was there, that veteran leader to, to help get them there. So, yeah. I don't know. If, if Mello would have been in, like, Chris Paul's situation this year, obviously, like, I don't know. I, I It's it's just going to be – I think it's going to be tough for a lot of people to accept if Mello, you know, winning this championship, you know, if he does one with the Lakers. But, Hadley, go ahead and give your, give your thoughts on this topic. Um, well, from, from the – Team standpoint, Suns or Lakers, I'd obviously rather see the Suns go win. So in that in that sense, Chris Paul. Okay. Now, from just a player perspective, Chris Paul. I mean, I think his his chance was this year. Right. And I'm not saying he didn't play well, but I mean, he was hurt. Giannis. Giannis. Everyone was hurt at that point, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, once, you, once you're that deep in the year, everyone's dealing with their own stuff. So, I don't know. I, th- I, I really – I think he went off the first game. Um, so, I mean, I, I like Chris Paul. I don't – he kind of makes me mad now. I really shouldn't even say I like him anymore. But I, I like Melo more as a player. I think – like you said, though, there'd 100% be an asterisk. I think the difference between the two right now is one is kind of just a role player, while it's the other is still an all-star caliber player mm-hmm. in Chris Paul. So, yeah, I, I, I'd say overall, probably Chris Paul. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I was kind of hoping, you know, Chris Paul was going to get his this year and then, you know, Melo would win. Just because I think both, I mean, they're both Hall of Famers, so... Um. See, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to keep Chris Paul out of it or not because he doesn't have a title. Like, it, it's yeah. I just one would mean something one more than the other, honestly. Right. But that's that's really the only difference here. Yeah. So, um. But now, yeah. Shout out to the Bucks for uh for taking it to the Suns and it was definitely yeah. Man yeah. was I. I mean, I wasn't necessarily wrong about Giannis, but I underrated Giannis. That was a hell of a performance for the for the ages. And he deserves credit when it's due. Right. And heck Middleton, you know, he he was honestly up there for MVP contention, so um yeah. 
props, props to the Bucks. So, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. To see. I mean, obviously, we got some league going on right now, and you know, these you know top picks are put on a show and stuff. But uh, I don't know. I think the Pistons drafted really well. Obviously, they got Cunningham at one there, but uh, it'll. It's always interesting just to see. I mean, obviously, we have an idea of you know what who the probably you know the top five teams are any you know the west and the east it's just it's always gonna be interesting and then even you know deals some trades mid-season it's just always interesting to see who's going to be that six seven eight seed and you know whether they can pull off an upset in the first round and i don't know because there's a lot there's a lot of teams that can not necessarily you know win the title but there's a lot of teams that can make the playoffs and you know hang, hang in there for a seven game series when 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 healthy so um but now we're going to get into our last segment, um, looking at some fantasy football. Um, we'll look at, uh, you know, let the guys give you some, uh, some, some players you might want to take later on in the draft. I, I honestly, I have some, some matchups here as to who you should draft. You know, maybe if I would just name off three guys. Who would you rather have as your, uh, as your starter or heck even put them on your bench. Um, first one here I'm going to go with, I'm going to look at a group of quarterbacks. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with three quarterbacks that are 100% going to start for their team. In my opinion. Um, so you have Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Hadley, who are you taking out of those three guys for your fantasy team? I mean, obviously, you know, if you need a, if you already have a quarterback, this would be your backup. But if you're in need of a quarterback, and these are the top three guys on the board, who are you taking? Well, if if the team that had him wasn't so just stubborn, it would be clear cut. It's it's closer. But I'm going Justin Fields. I think the upside is ridiculous with him. He runs the ball hard. He's a strong runner. And he's got a hell of an arm. Like like I was saying, draft time, he's, in my opinion, he's got the most upside in this whole class. Yeah. And I think he's going to flash this year as long as they give him a chance. Mm-hmm. So I, would, I wouldn't be surprised. If they start him by like week two or three, like I personally think they should, I would not be surprised if he comes in the top ten quarterbacks this year in fantasy, and if he's easily offensive rookie of the year. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's there's a lot of guys that could honest. I mean, honestly, it all depends. I mean, there's you know a bunch of rookies in you know in positions where they're gonna have to obviously battle for their for their starting spot. But there's a right now it's it's like totally up in there who the heck's gonna win. You know, rookie of the year. I mean, typically you can you can kind of see you know. Maybe give like you know five five guys that are probably gonna win it, but like this year it's like I, I honestly yeah it like it's it's absurd the amount of you know rookies you know from an offensive standpoint you know could win that award. So, um, Sporty, who are you taking between Lawrence Wilson or Field? You know what? I never was a Ohio State guy. I never will be an Ohio State guy. So in that terms. Justin Wilson. Justin Wilson? <laughs> Who is that? He's, he's taking... Right, that makes sense. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> that, that, was, that was funny. Yeah, which one? Fields or Fields or Zach Wilson there, boss? Uh, 
I might have to say Zach Wilson. <laughs> okay, okay. For That's a second, so for a second, he was like, you know, I've, I'm not an Ohio State guy. I never will be. I thought he was going to say, but I'm going to take Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe he's taking a convo. Maybe he's taking maybe he's taking Fields half of Fields' talent versus uh, half of Zach Wilson's talent, combining it into one. And that's that would where, be a specimen. That's where he got the, the the Justin Wilson. Who knows? Maybe by the year to like 2050, we're gonna have a Justin Wilson starting the NFL. Probably. <laughs> for, I would not for, be surprised. Sports predicting the future. So you're you're gonna take Zach Zach Wilson's sporty. Why are you taking him? I just, I just think he's. I don't know. He's just more of a go getter. Not really. More, not there's really not too many people talking about him. More people are talking about Field, uh, Justin Fields. So I'm gonna give uh, Justin Wilson the benefit of the doubt. Justin Wilson. Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Twice now. I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of the Pirates pitcher for some reason. Oh, I didn't even know they had a pitcher, Justin. Wilson. That's what I thought they were. They used to think of the they used to, oh, I, I don't even know. Here's the reliever, the lefty. Oh. The lefty, yeah. Oh, all right, well, <laughs> so Zach Wilson. All right, well, then I'm going to split you guys. I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence. Um, Obviously, Fields, I think he's a really talented quarterback, and he's going to run the ball hard and, you know, find ways to, to be successful. Zach Wilson has some, some all right, you know, targets. He's got uh, always, always somehow performs, J- Jay Crowder. Um, Corey Davis, and they got uh, Michael Carter. So I mean, he's got he's got some guys, um, but I think I'm gonna go with Lawrence. He's got. It'll be interesting to see who wins the running back battle between James Robinson and Travis Etienne. Um, you obviously got DJ Chark, um, but it'll just be I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, obviously, you know, there's. I mean, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of you know who they're cross, what com or what divisions they are as far as crossover schedule. But obviously, you got the Jets who are going to have to go up against the Bills twice. You got the Bears who are going up against you know the the Packers and the Vikings twice, and then Lawrence is going to have to go up against the Titans and the and the Colts twice. So it's like there's not a true easy schedule, I would say. But um, I don't know. I think Lawrence is obviously going to win the job over Minshew. And I think he's he's just gonna fit right in and and uh, and perform. So, all right, we're all taking three different picks. I, I, I like that there. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'll give three more three more guys here. I'm gonna just go at the running back position, and then after that, if you guys just want to chime in, who who you might take, you know, who might be a couple steals, uh, we'll go from there. But uh, next one. All right, so let's say this happened to me. Let's say uh, all the all the solid running backs are gone. Um, you have the top three available are Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Swift, and uh, let's go with Chris Carson. Um, if you only take one, who are you taking? Sporty, we'll start with you. I want to probably be a little biased here and go with uh, Chris Carson. I was going to say, yeah, you have him. So. But he's due for a breakout year. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, they have a new... I think a new line coach. All right. I mean, he's he's a guy that's not gonna be. I mean, he he might share some carries with uh, with Penny, but uh, I, I think Carson. We lost Hadley. We might have lost Hadley. Can you hear? Uh, oh, yeah, here, right? there he is. Yeah, he's he's here. I didn't think. Oh, he's there. 
I didn't think we lost him. All right. He's yeah, just, just got darker. That's all. All right, you're good. All right. Uh, so, what, is there anything else with Chris Carson? I just, he's just, I think he's going to come out with uh, revenge from being hurt around six games last year. So, he's going to come out ripping and raring to go. Right. And, and the Seahawks are a team where it's like, all right, they have other, obviously, they have other weapons. You got to account for Wilson and. You got, yeah, Wilson, you got. Uh, Lockett, you got uh, Metcalf. He's your tight end now. Hadley. Gerald yeah. Everett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he come from the Rams? Everett. Yes. Yeah, Everett. Yeah, Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a stud. I mean, they're all stud receivers. So. Yeah. I mean, that's that. That's a solid pick there. Yeah, you know, with Chris Carson. Um, Hadley, who you? I also one more statement. Go ahead. I think. Uh, Seattle's offensive line with their new coach. I think their line's going to be a lot better than the Raiders. And who'd you say? Oh, Swift with the Lions. The Lions. Yeah. The Lions. Yeah, the Lions. The Lions are going to be terrible. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Uh, how are you going with out of those three? Well, um, I hate to disagree. I do like the Seahawks. You're in, you're out. But I don't like Chris Carson's value this year. I don't like Josh Jacobs' value with Drake arriving and the pass catching lack of ability. Uh, so I'm actually going to go with someone I did not like coming out of college and eat my words from two years ago and say DeAndre Swift. I think that they're going to be – listen, they're going to lose a lot of games this year. Dan Campbell's going to make some, you know, some tough games and get some grit out of them. But they're going to get smacked a few times this year. And I think in those games, he is going to be able to get a lot of dump-offs. And that's what you want in fantasy. You want volume. And I really don't think they have any weapons on that offense. Any. I mean, they got Tyrell Williams as their their number one receiver. Come on. They're not throwing the ball. They want to pound that rock. You have Dan Campbell as the coach. He wants to pound the rock. Jared Goff, he doesn't want to throw the ball. He's a goofball. He's going to want to run their ball, too. So, I mean, everyone across that team wants to run the ball. Swift's going to get carries. He's going to get receptions late in the game. It, it, I think it's a great option this year for fantasy. I think that Chris Carson, after them drafting Dwayne Eskridge, I think Pitt P. Carroll wants to just give it to Russ and let it fly this year. And I don't think that line's going to be very good. So, and Chris Carson can't stay healthy to save his life. God love him, but he... There's, it's not, is Chris Carson going to get hurt? It's when is Chris Carson going to get hurt? It's yeah. every year. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going DeAndre Swift. I really like him in fantasy this year. I think he's could be a gem in the late second round. I'm going to yeah. ask a quick question. He's good, Sporty. Good. Uh, who's going to get hurt first, Swift or Carson? Oh, Carson. 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 <laughs> I'm going to take Swift on that one. Swift, Swift has, like, hammy issues, yeah, but Carson's always, like, it's always an ankle or something else, and in the past five to ten years, the Seahawks have just filtered out different running backs, in and out, in and out, in and out. I mean, Thomas Rawls, not even five years ago, was, yeah. was going off. He went to Michigan, so. and he transferred to Central Michigan. Huh. Yeah. That, there's a fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> But I just I, I don't I love Chris Carson. I had him last year. I like the Seahawks a lot. I just don't I don't see it this year. Right. How did he do for you last year, Hadley? He was solid, but again, he's gonna get hurt. He's gonna get hurt. It's not when it 
And I'm not praying for that. I'm not hoping for I that. I'm praying for it. God forbid he gets hurt, but he will. It's just, it's guaranteed. Right. Um. Yeah, so this happened. This actually happened to me in Hadley's. Like I, these were basically the top three. I just now thought about that. These were basically the top three running backs. Well, actually, no. Uh, I don't know if Mixon was in there or not. I don't know, but I, I had, yeah, Mixon was there. I thought, I, I thought so. Now I think about it. Um, I went with Jacobs. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, I ended up getting swept as well. But uh, yeah, the Jake, Jacobs one. I just thought, you know, if they get down in the red zone, they're gonna, they're gonna pound the ball to Jacobs. He's the bigger back. I mean, obviously, Drake's gonna catch some more balls, you know, on out of the backfield or heck, maybe even on you know some third down areas. But uh. It'll be interesting to see how that running back situation goes. But, you know, Swift, it's like, all right, the Lions are going to do two things. They're either going to throw the ball to TJ Hawkinson or it's going to be a run to Swift. So, I mean, that's kind of, as a, def- as a defense, you're looking for that. Carson gets hurt. So, I mean, it's not there's not really a, a true guy that stands out here. Uh, I didn't pick Mixon because just with the defenses he has to go up against, you know, week in, week out. I mean, Ravens, Browns, Steelers, I mean, that's, you know, twice. So, that's that's definitely a tough you know, a, a tough situation there. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to agree with Hadley, though. I think I'm going to take Swift. I took him last year as a rookie. So, you know, he did all right. But uh, I think this year, year two, I think they're going to they're gonna find a way to even get him, you know, even even more runs. And I think he's going to be, you know, their their main touchdown score. So I like Swift there. Um, so I, I think Swift – I think Swift's a good uh, second starter – in, in a fantasy league. I mean, you're obviously going to need to get somebody, you know, before him, hopefully. Um, but as your number two running back in a two running back league, I think he's a pretty solid number two guy. So, um, but, uh, all right. So those, those are just, you know, a couple matchups, but uh, any, anybody in mind that you guys would think might be a steal or, or somebody you might want to pick up early. Hadley, I'll start with you. Is there anybody in mind that, that you think of? Well, I'll make it quick, but what I was thinking here is an early-round lock, a mid-round good pick, and then a late-round diamond in the rough. That's that's okay. what I'm going to go real quick, each position, if okay. you guys want to copy that as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll follow your suit, Adam. All right, all right. So I think, with the quarterback spot, I think that... A guy that's going early that deserves to go early. I personally think, you know, Patrick Mahomes, yes, but he has had games where he's been hurt in the past few years. So that does concern me. You need durability out of quarterbacks. Josh Allen was great last year. I feel like Kyler Murray just kind of has that that upside and that guarantee. He did have an injury last year at the shoulder, but he was on pace to break records at that position. So I think if you can get Kyler Murray early, you're very set at quarterback. You've got, a, I think, a lock at a top five, um, especially with the upgrade in weapons. I'm going to say mid-round, Justin Herbert. I, I've been saying it. I think he's going to be the MVP this year. He has 40 touchdown potential, runs the ball well. I think that's a lock in the mid-round to be a top-ten quarterback. And a diamond in the rough, I think Justin Fields, just the, the upside's too high. I mean, you you got to take a good quarterback to make sure 
you don't need to use him if he doesn't start right away, but Justin Fields is too good. Um, running back-wise, I think that uh, – I, I personally think the safest is Kamara. I know it's tough with the with the quarterback situation there in New Orleans, but I just think that he's going to produce no, no matter what. I think McCaffrey just showed signs of injury. Cook's been injured in the past. Henry, I mean, it's great, but he doesn't have pass catching ability. So that's probably what I'd say there. Middle of the, middle of the draft, you can't really do that with running backs because they go so early. I'm going to say Swift. Like I just said, I think Swift is going to get a lot of volume this year, and that's what matters in fantasy. Late round, hear me out, the boys. Larry Roundtree the third, out of God knows where <laughs> for the LA, for the LA Chargers. Austin Eckler is a strict pass-catching back. He's a scat back. He's going to get fantasy points. But when they're at that goal line, I think Larry Roundtree will touch the ball, and he will be involved in that offense. So I just made a move for him in my league. I think he will get some touchdown work and have some big games in 2021. So that's my late-round gem. Mystery relevant pick there. Um, And I'll just go last uh, wide receiver, so I don't go too long here. Um, I think if you're picking a receiver, I think the safest is Tyreek Hill. I mean, every every time I draft that guy, yeah, he's peace-sided. <laughs> peace-sided. I mean, every time I've played Kevin Smith in any one of my fantasy leagues, the dude drops 50 on me at Tyreek Hill. I just think the upside is there every week. He scored 40 in the first quarter last year. And he's safe. He's always, he's always double digits. Right. So as much as I like Diggs, as much as I like, you know, Devontae Adams, I just think I think Tyreek's the best fantasy receiver. Um, mid-round, God, this is tough. Um, I think Keenan Allen in, like, the third round is always a safe pick, too. I think he's just going to explode with Herbert this year. In late round, hear me out again, Marvin Jones Ooh. for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I took him in my draft. I love his upside. He's a veteran presence in the Jacksonville locker room. I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to love throwing him this year. He's been durable. He's always good in fantasy. He's always one of those guys that go in the last three rounds and everyone's like, good pick, but then he has a great year. It's every year. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say that um, those are my three. If you guys want me to keep going, I can, but otherwise I'll let you guys go because I feel like I'm talking – a bunch. I mean, heck, if you want to keep going, um, I'll just get tight ends. All right, go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Kelsey, it's the same sort of thing. I hate that he's going in the first round, but he's he's a lock to be great. Um, mid round is tough. It's really tough this year because I feel like what you got Waller, Kittle, and Kelsey, and there's just a massive drop off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of on the same boat. But I think Hawkinson's pretty safe if you're going in the middle of the rounds there. Uh, but another guy would be Goddard. I think Goddard and Hawkinson both, if you can get those fourth to seventh round, good picks. Right. Um, and a late tight end. I'm going to go with the Patriots tight ends. They love their tight ends. They both went undrafted in our league. Um, I, th- I think if one – they're both injury prone too. So if one's hurt – I think the other can make a huge impact. And right now, I'd say it's Sean Smith. But I want your boys' input, too, because, I, like I said, I feel like I just gave an essay. Oh, no, you're good. All good. Okay. Well, that, was, that was a good essay. <laughs> thank you, thank you. 
A plus. A plus. And, hey, and and the descriptions were nice. Not just the picks, but the reasons why. Those were, those were, Thank you. Those were good explanations. All right, Sporty, go ahead, break us down here. I, I got about I got about uh, six players here. All right. Wait, not at each position or what? What do you get? Where are you going here? Got a lot of different positions here. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Well, kind of like first round or mid round or kind of like what Hallie did. Okay. All right. Uh, first rounder, uh, I think Clyde Edwards, uh, I think with, uh, Mahomes getting hurt last year, uh, they didn't really have a running game, uh, it showed in against Tampa Bay, once, once Mahomes went, or once Mahomes got hurt, uh, Tampa Bay knew it, they just, they just unleashed on him. I mean, unleashed as everyone saw in the Super Bowl. So I think Clyde Edwards. I think they're going to give him the ball. So to relieve uh, Mahomes of getting hurt again this year, plus they got some O linemen this year to to, to uh, make a hole for uh, Clyde Edwards. All right. So I mean, I'm I'm going to say I'll I'll just chime in real quick with that pick. I'm going to say that's probably if you're going to take him in the first round, you got you got you got to be picking like ten or twelve. I mean. Obviously, you're not picking him over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'll say like number like I say like number like fifteen. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So like so early, early, early second. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. You were saying. I'm sorry. You were saying like your your first running back pick, not first actual yeah, round. Yeah. In, okay. Uh, yeah. For a second, there, I was like, <laughs> second there, I was like, sorry, that might be a reach. I mean, I know I'm picking Tyree Kill at two, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, oh, yeah, he's the best receiver in my eyes. Now, so yeah. Like so, but uh, okay. Now, now I got you. So your first running back pick would be yeah. Okay, not for okay. Now I got you. Go ahead. All right. This is about a thirty to forty pick here. Uh, Allen Robinson, receiver for the Bears. Who does who who else is on the team that catch freaking passes? Who else? I can't think of one. Corey. Did, oh, sorry, I was looking at the Jets. One other receiver for the Bears was going to catch a pass this year for uh, Money Mooney. That's about it. <laughs> Who the heck's that guy? Darnell Mooney. You'll remember him. You'll, yeah, you'll remember him. Yeah, well, he'll have 50, 70 catches this year. He'll go over, over 1,000 yards. So, he'll have another good year, Robinson. Uh, we'll go another, another 15, so we'll go... But what were we on now? About 55, 60. Uh, quarterback, Griffith Hadley. My guy, Justin Herbert. Uh, everyone was bad at the draft. I, draft. I drafted Herbert, but always good now. Still hate you for that. <laughs> always, <laughs> always hate you always, for that. Always good now. Uh, he's, it's he has, not, though. It's not good at all. He has, lot, he has just a lot of weapons. Eckler, Keenan Allen, Williams. I mean... Just they'll be throwing a lot because they'll be losing a lot. So uh, they won't be losing. Do you think they're gonna be bad? I say they'll be about uh, eight and eight. Oh, sorry, nine and eight. Sorry, seventeen eight, nine and eight. That's not that bad. That's not that's not terrible. Uh, Fair enough, though. Larry Roundtree will run the ball in when they're winning. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a, a middle of the guy running back that no one's giving credit to. Uh, Mike Davis for the Falcons. Okay. Mike Davis for the Falcons. He played for Carolina last year. Uh, whenever McCaffrey got hurt, he was a stud. 
Falcons. So then he got traded to the Falcons. He's going to be the number one guy. I can't right. tell you. I can't tell you who's been even behind him right now. Okay, Davis will get twenty plus carries a game. Mark my word. All right. So, All right. Take you off a great year. Okay. And uh, my last late round guy. I think he's going to have a. He'll play some. Uh, I think he's still going to have a decent year. Another guy that I had, I think, on my team, AJ Dillon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do like that. He's gonna. He's gonna get goal line carries. He is gonna mess up. Uh, his turning back for Green Bay. Aaron, Aaron Jones. He's gonna mess up Jones's touchdown. Um, touchdown totals in a heartbeat. Okay. All right. Jones will get, Jones will get a lot. A lot of young. A lot of long runs, but then AJ Dillon will spell them and get touchdowns. Mark my word, AJ Dillon will have 10 to 15 touchdowns this year. Dang! That's a lot. Mark my word, 10 to 15 Ten. this year. Ooh. 10 touchdowns this year. All right. Ten. All right. All right. Those are my stud guys for this year. All right. So, so you're kind of, sl- you're uh, almost your sleeper stud. I'm a little biased about my team this year. All right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, all right, starting at the quarterback position. Um, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of different guys you can, you know, obviously some of the top guys are going to get taken, but this is, these are, I think once you get past maybe like, you know, obviously we talk about Mahomes, we talk about Murray, Allen, um, this this is this is a tough one because I mean you got you got a guy like I don't know somebody like Joe Burrow who or Joe, yeah Joe Burrow who could who could you know have a big comeback here so he's he's obviously up there you got you know you got your Fields your Lawrence um, but uh, I don't know I think I mean obviously he's getting up there in age but I do like him in uh, McVeigh's system I'm gonna say I mean not again I'm biased because I picked him in Hadley's like. I kind of like the Matt Matt Stafford pick. Um, I just I feel like this is going to be his year that he can finally just like, just I don't know. There is going to be some pressure for him because he's going to be on a better team to do better. But at the same time, he's not going to be like have all the pressure to like perform well because now he has other weapons. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't know. I, I have when I when I selected him, I was like. Eh, is this is this you know is this a smart pick? But I don't know. You know, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust Stafford. I'm gonna say in McVay's system, I think he's gonna shine pretty well. Um, so I I, th- I think Stafford's a, is is a nice little nice little addition to your team. Um, did hold on real quick. Did Matt Ryan get taken in, in your league, Hadley? He did it. I've I've been thinking about take, picking him up, but it's like I want Fields, so I'm not going it's, to. It's like it's it's interesting because I mean again they have weapons as well at the wide receiver position, but. Uh, <laughs> I it's and I mean I don't know obviously we don't know what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson I mean obviously he's really good but I mean are the weapons there not necessarily so um that's kind of a weight I mean don't necessarily draft him or if you want him as your backup go ahead but it's like he might he might end up being some, some like high trade value depending on how the season goes I doubt as a team the Texans are going to do well but uh we'll have to see there running backs you know what? I'm going to agree uh, you got you got to go with uh, AJ AJ Dillon. I don't know if he's gonna have as many touchdowns as Sporty said, but I do like him as a 
not obviously a starting running back, but that's a that's a good running back to have on your bench because he's a second behind Jones there in Green Bay. Um, somebody else that uh, you know you could be he could work his way possibly into your flex depending on how many you know guys are in the league or heck he can be even starter for somebody who's on a buy. Cream Hunt. I mean, obviously Chubb's going to get a bunch of uh, carries and touchdowns, but Hunt Hunt he did. Uh, did have some nice uh, spurts there last year, so I, I think Cream Hunt's a nice uh, again number two running back. He's a good guy to have. Um, a rookie running back that I that I took late in the draft, Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard. I think Chuba Hubbard is going to have a pretty solid rookie season. Um, he, I mean, again, it's just preseason, but he did have a solid game against uh, the Colts yesterday. He did. Um, he, he played well. I, I think I think they're going to find ways to get him involved in the offense. So I, I I do like him. Obviously, again, not as a starter, but to have him on your bench. Um, why does Paris Marshall as well, Kev, who also played really well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say he's another guy that you know he could end up being the Panthers. I think right now I think he sits either second or third. I think he's their second or third you know wide receiver there. So I mean he's going to get. Yeah, he, so he'd be. Like it's DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, then he's fighting for the third spot. But he could get just as much volume as both of them if he's good enough. Right, and I got him. I think I got him with my last last pick in your draft. So like, he's definitely yeah. he's a receiver that could again he could end up winning. I mean, obviously, I don't know how well the Panthers are going to do as a team, but he could be in contention for Rookie of the Year. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so many different guys that if the if, you know if things fall their way, they could end up. I'm not saying he's going to, but he could he could Good. be he could be a big time threat for the Panthers. Um, another guy that I picked up, uh, Sammy Watkins. I think he's gonna he's gonna do well in Baltimore. Um, he didn't even go drafted in our league. I had to pick him up uh, in free agency. Um, I think they're gonna need to. I don't know. I, I last year I took Hollywood Brown and he was like, eh, you know, average. Thought he was gonna do a little better, but uh, I, I think Sammy Watkins is gonna come in and. And put up some good numbers. Obviously, as a as a backup, you don't want him necessarily maybe in your starting lineup. But uh, I think he's going to do pretty, you know, pretty solid. Uh, another guy I'm going to say here, Tyler Boyd. Um, I think if you're in a if you're in a two wide receiver league, I think you got to put him at your flex. Uh, if you're in a three wide receiver league, you could you could even have him as your third wide receiver. But uh, I think he's he's deadly. I mean, obviously, you got some other wide receivers there in Cincinnati, but uh, he, he's a guy that's like, I don't know. I think he's going to end up being kind of like, uh, I'm not going to obviously say like numbers wise, but like obviously with the Steelers, you know, you looked at Juju got double teams because it's it like, and then Johnson became available, but then Claypool's right there. So I think Boyd's going to be kind of like that. Not, he's not gonna have all the attention on him. So I think he's going to, you know, have some one-on-one matchups that they can take advantage of. But uh, so Tyler Boyd would be a guy I'd go get. And uh, last but not least, I I don't think you should draft one of these tight ends. But as soon as the Steelers figure out, or you know, I don't heck, they both might just split. I think one of their tight ends, whoever stands out the most, I think you got to pick up. I mean, the Steelers rely a lot on a on their tight ends. Um, I don't know. They're both available in Hadley's like so. It'll be interesting to see if, you know, Ebron or Farmuth can really stand out or, you know, what they're, you know, how many points are going to pop a week. But it will just be 
it'll be interesting. Not saying necessarily to draft either two, but uh, I think there's some guys on the radar on the waiver wire that you could uh, be picking up there. So, um, but uh, we'll be back with uh, a lot more uh, takes on the NFL once we get into our uh, divisional uh, podcast. We'll be breaking down, um, you know, just about 30 minutes of you know. East, West, North, South, all that jazz uh, across the NFL uh, here in the next couple of pods. So, um, it's right. Football's right around the corner. Uh, Hadley, anything, uh, anything you're you know looking forward to uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks? Anything specific? Looking forward to see Carson Wentz and Quinn Nelson hopefully get healthy because those quarterbacks looked solid yesterday for the Colts, but. I just I just want the guy we paid for to start. Right. So, all right, that's that's on my mind right now. Yeah, because I mean that heck that that basically makes or breaks the cold season right there. Those two guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he if he only sits a week or two, not a big deal. But if it if it leans towards that twelve, which I really don't think it's going to, but if it does, yeah, you're right. Our right. our season's in deep jeopardy. Exactly. So, uh, sporty. Anything specific for you? Two weeks, buddy. Michigan football. That's what I'm excited. Uh, for, I, I, I would have put a hundred bucks. That would have been a safe bet for that answer. I was, I knew that was coming. ESPN, twelve o'clock. Yeah, that was coming. Can't wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know what else I'm looking forward to? What? Kevin Smith's annual fantasy draft, August twenty second at five o'clock. I'm excited for that too. Hey, big time, big time. I'm, I'm telling you. Kind of regret trading back now, but hey, you'll we're make, gonna find value at the A's. Oh, you'll make it work. Hey, I'm telling you right now, Tyree, I don't care about these running backs. All I care about is that Tyree Kill is mine. I'm taking him number two overall. I guarantee a lot of people are going to hate the pick. It's not, not a smart pick, but he dude puts up points. He was 30 points. Uh, maybe, maybe, I'll spice, maybe I'll spice the draft up. You never know. I, I picked before you, so there's no way you're going to spice it up. No, instead of, <laughs> instead, of, no, instead of picking Henry, I might pick a receiver. All right. Well, unless you somehow trade with uh, trade up for with Ethan, I mean, I think. Where do you pick? Kate? I mean, sports. Sports sport right, right after me. He's right yeah, after you. Get, I, yeah. I think my main guy would go Devonte Adams. Ooh. Okay. All right. So Hadley, well, Hadley, there, there's going to be there might be a solid. I mean, there's obviously going to be a solid running back for you there. Even yeah, but if I was at five, I could get like freaking Dalvin at five. It sounds like. Yeah. Now, what are you now? Eight. Since you traded back? Yeah, I got eight. I, I, I mean, I could still get something there. I'm okay with it. I mean, I really just traded back for the early round potential in the second round. Right. There you so. go. Well, geez, I didn't, I didn't realize how long this Paul was getting for. We're about, we're approaching, uh, we're about a minute off of an hour 20, but uh, solid, solid pod. That's what happens when you don't talk pod for, talk shop for two months. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it was good to be back, but uh, next Long couple... lost time, fellas. Yeah. Yes, sir. But, hey, next couple pods are going to be nice and short, 30 minutes, breaking down. Like like we said, we're going to break down uh, college football conferences um, and uh, the NFL division. So we're going to have a, just boom, 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 a bunch of pods here before the season starts. And then we'll be hopefully getting back into the groove of, you know, once, once a week, just, you know, recapping, uh, you know, the, the games or, you know, giving our predictions for the next week. So, um Hey, Steelers football, that's what we're excited for. That's what I'm excited for. So it'll be interesting to see um, 
just how well the Steelers can do this year. Obviously, O line is going to be going to be an interesting uh, part of the team the whole season. But uh, I'm excited for Najee. Sad to see James Conner go, but um, it's probably the smart move. So, um, hey, you know what? Hey, we haven't given a lock this whole this whole pod. Before we end here, if you're gonna, I'm telling you right now, you go into go into Fanduel. I'm I'm half tempted to do this. Drop get get get. If there's one safe bet, hundred bucks down. Pit you take the pit football over on wins. Right now they're at seven. And I could be totally. I, I, if they don't get seven wins, that that's 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 bad. I mean, I get it. They play Clemson, Miami, North Carolina. I don't know. In my mind, those should be the only three teams that even come close to beating them this year. In my in my opinion. So I, if you're if you're putting down hundred, if you're looking for hundred bucks, if you're looking for a quick easy way to make some money, you take the pit over and, and wins on Fanduel. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I'll I'll give you I'll give you a lock. I'll give you a lock. Go ahead. I'm going to go with, first of all, a sleeper pick. If you want to make a lot of money, put money on Justin Herbert to win MVP. It's like plus 1,200. It'll hit. Um, but if you want a lock, put Mets zero running, zero runs total for the game. It'll happen every game, it seems like. Maybe that's a stretch. Do the first inning. They never score. If they're playing, put Mets zero runs in the first like three innings. It'll probably be like plus 100. Slam it. Put your life savings on it because they don't score. They don't like scoring. All right, Sporty, you, you give me your hammer. All right, my hammer. Michigan's going to be the Ohio State this year. Hammer. Hammer. Whoa. 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 Slow down there, Bucko. Hey, I might jump out of my uh, bedroom if they beat him this year. <laughs> Not off, not off the window, bro. You're on the second floor. Don't do that. Come on. Um, whoa. All right. Somebody woke up the sleeping giant apparently in, in Ann Arbor. So uh, that's right. I mean, heck, new you're, coaches, new philosophy, new attitude. You're you're making a boatload of money if you hit, somehow hit that one. So Michigan. As, as somebody put, as somebody put on Instagram on Michigan site, somebody put two point five to win fifty k. The Michigan will be in the playoffs this year. No joke, I saw it before the pod. All right, okay. don't, don't, I'm t- don't, don't do that. Nobody do that. <laughs> that that's a lock. I was like, dude, what's going on with this guy? Do not. Do I that. really don't trust any. I would never put any money on. Yeah, I wouldn't anyone outside of Ohio State. I love Penn State, but yeah, just they haven't made it yet. So. Yeah, I'd rather have, I put. I would rather put money on me falling off a bike than than Michigan winning like ten games this year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, I guess yeah, that'll that'll wrap it up. We'll uh, we'll be back. So uh, yeah, just, just make sure you don't uh, don't put uh, two point five on on Michigan in anything. All right, so uh, so uh, they can't even beat App State, sporty. That's, that is true, buddy. You're right about that. <laughs> and App That's State's like true. low key kind of good that like nowadays. So it's like that'll be yeah, they are, they are. That'd be interesting. So all right, we'll uh, we'll send it next time, and we'll be back to uh, talk some college football week, or this weekend or something. Yep, Audi, yes, Audi is. Audi is, later.